the whole book is it just blew my brains. I'd always be like, oh, trauma moment, <laughs> oh, push it down, yeah. keep walking. <laughs> we went to the Famine Museum, a very romantic wow. date <laughs> in Ireland. You didn't know how to turn up the sauce. You know, <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of No Books on a dead planet. I created this series because I realized there were loads of books on my TBR list that I never got around to about the climate crisis because frankly, it scares the living shit out of me. I also realized that even when I did read those kinds of books, I wasn't having conversations with people in my real life about those books because I didn't know how. Like I didn't even, I, sometimes I don't think I have even have the concept of what a, a normal conversation about the climate crisis looks like. Like how do you talk about the end of the world? So this series, if you haven't seen any of the episodes before, is where I invite a lovely, other YouTuber on and we talk about we finally get round to because the devil is in the deadlines reading a book about the climate crisis and talking about it today we have Melanie Murphy oh my god fangirl moment it me (laughs) she arrives radioing in from rural Ireland (laughs) I feel like you're my Irish correspondent yeah my, my microphone is on a bus a child's toy bus this is a very professional setup We've both just moved house, so our lives are in chaos, but oh, chaos. that's fine. <laughs> we chaos just had a lovely is... conversation about disgusting manky carpets and plaster and manky walls and... The it's... energy crisis and lots of other grown-up, boring things we've become our parents. It's, <laughs> it's happened. Um, Melanie, for those not in the know about you, how rude, please explain to those poor, poor people who the hell you are and what you do on the internet. I'm great. You know, I'm... (laughs) So, I, God, what I do on the internet has changed a lot over the years. Um, As we will discover in this video, I used to make videos about why I'm no longer vegan. And today, Lena, I put that video on private. It had a million (gasps) views. And I put it on private because I was like, I can't contribute anymore to this. I just looked at the comments and it was just like a a war. Um, So yeah, I've basically been sharing online for, what, eight years now Mm -hmm. um, about all kinds of things, relationships, mental health, sexuality, food, eating disorder recovery. And I also love to write books. Um, And I have a book coming out in May. And I'll do a little plug because Lena was just like, you have to plug your book when plug you can it plug in, your book. Plug it in. And I've got a pretty cover for this book, uh, Glass Houses, out in May, um, about, you know, reconnection to nature and to each other. And, you know, what happens when you're infatuated with the guy that your sister is shagging. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of me currently in a nutshell. Um, I have a toddler. I, yeah, I'm just constantly trying to figure shit out and, and, and sharing it because being vulnerable online is very cathartic for me. <laughs> Relatable content. Um, so we picked the book that we were going to read today is This is Vegan Propaganda and Other Lies the Meat Industry Tells You by Ed Winters, otherwise known as Earthling Ed on YouTube. So this is the first mm. time in the series we're reading a book by another YouTuber, YouTuber. which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I think what's interesting about this book is that it's it's kind of really, like the way he describes veganism for him is that veganism is an ethical stance against needless animal exploitation. So while mm. before in the series we've read um, We Are The Weather, which is more about the kind of climate 
crisis kind of aspect of veganism this is about the climate crisis but it's also about the ethical stance um with animals which i think it's a bit of a different kind of book um melanie you picked this one for us to read can you tell us a I'm little sorry. bit i'm sorry <laughs> i'm so Why? sorry um how dare you no um i wanted to just check in for both of us about where we are with this word vegan yeah. veganism and i know that you've oh. mentioned before that you have a lot of like thoughts around veganism and the intersection between that and eating disorders so i'd love to hear a little bit of background from you very quickly mm-hmm. that you guys already know i uh used to be a meat eater quite proud about it i was always like i'd, I'd kill an animal with my bare hands think that'd be funny what's wrong with me who knows between me and my therapist probably um since i read we are the weather two years ago i have given up meat completely and i'm phasing out all animal products but i am no nowhere near perfect about that oh there's a video about it up here and uh i had some cheese just this morning i'll be honest why again who can say that's what i am with it where are you at with it melanie i am in a similar place but so if i give you a little summary my husband is vegetarian and uh, has has been like wanting to be vegan for many many years so like his influence has rubbed off on me in recent times i've definitely been going more toward um you know meat substitutes corn um we always buy soy milk we always we always opt for the vegan options in our food shopping um however i definitely still have the odd steak like a full-on bloody steak um i'd say i'd say every like maybe once a month sometimes at like twice a month i'll have um a meat dinner and then the odd time i will uh, succumb to cheese um and i i have i've really struggled with that but i have been i made a video last year um called rethinking dairy and where i was trying like all these vegan meals and stuff like that um so i'm definitely moving more toward like more in that direction i'm i'm i wouldn't consider myself vegan but i have been uh, definitely thinking about all that stuff more mostly since i gave birth and i'm i'm still breastfeeding my toddler so i think when like that whole the whole thing to do it you know oh a glass of milk just arrived in my fridge hmm like that i just start thinking about dairy so much more uh, while feeding my son That's and interesting. just imagining myself being artificially inseminated and kept in a state of constant lactating just so that other people could come and take my milk and they would take my son away and I was just constantly putting myself in that position and just thinking how how do we like how is this normal how how is this normal um but that apathy like it's it's so it's got its claws so deep in me that like for years and years I have made justifications like what you just said about um you know oh I'd eat any animal I used to say that too I'd be like I'd eat a cat I'd eat a dog you know we're part of the circle of life we all eat each other animals kill other animals like I used all of those arguments all the time and um uh if we get right to the heart of 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 my backstory with veganism basically when I was younger, I I ex- had experience with a couple of different eating disorders. One kind of led into the other. Um, and the first eating disorder I experienced, I came upon a vegan activist online. But she, unfortunately, was mostly focusing 
on the benefits of veganism for weight loss and she herself had experienced eating disorders so it was just it was probably like the worst way I could have been introduced to the movement to be honest um but yeah I started kind of following her a lot and taking her advice and only eating fruit and only eating vegetables and just cutting out like you know all grains and all everything else I went very uh, in at the deep end um with with all of it and she kind of like got people into the videos first by talking about um you know harm to animals and 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 whatnot mm -hmm. but like animals as commodity and animals being objectified and all of that kind of stuff but then the, there was always this kind of insidious like in her videos that like if you are overweight it's bad and it's because you eat burgers and it's because you're not a vegan and you should be like me look how skinny I am and it just fed into my because I was so young and I was had a lot of issues with my body at the time I was very vulnerable to her messaging and the way she was uh, going about it she would make these videos like with pictures of other youtubers who were like in any way like bigger than her and she literally spent the whole video like I, I don't know why I was watching this stuff. I feel awful that I was almost even partaking by giving her views. But, um, I yeah, I, so I, I cut out uh, meat and dairy and um, I became very obsessive then about like what I, what I was eating and it, it just developed into this very unhealthy fear of any food that I didn't perceive as clean and pure. And, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, veganism... I say veganist, it became something I was hiding behind and it became a way for me to cut out more food groups in order to cut calories, in order to become skinny. That was essentially yeah. what happened. And um, yeah, the vegan YouTubers came for me. And after reading this book, by the way, I listened to it on Audible because because I have my son, it's just very hard for me to sit and read nowadays. So I use Audible quite a lot. Um, but as I was listening to this book, and hearing Ed, like he's hit, hearing it through audiobook as well, made it hit home so much more because he's so passionate about it. Um, but yeah, as I was listening to it, I, I was kind of like, yeah, rightly so that they, those vegan YouTubers came for me oh, because I feel, yeah, it was, yeah, honest to God, like it was the, the, and it wasn't, not even now, now some of them were very much discounting, um, my experiences at the time like that I don't think that was cool like I I feel like for like anyone who's an eating disorder survivor or they're currently in recovery what applies to them and like their relationship with their therapist and what their therapist is telling them like I was being told to stop cutting out food groups and don't cut anything yeah. out don't have any rules around food and that was really important for me to in my recovery it was like it was just so important at that time that I stop thinking about my diet at all and I just follow my you know what like what is my hunger telling me to eat um and that was like a long process and journey but the fact that they were they were coming for me because I was using the word vegan to describe what I had been doing but what I was doing was I was adopting a plant-based diet for basically like health and like figure altering reasons it wasn't veganism like veganism people are vegan because they don't want animals to be exploited and raped and you know just treated the way they're they're treated and I just I couldn't um separate the words plant-based and veganism at the time we use those words interchangeably I don't know if like do you ever use 
those words interchangeably yourself. I think I try and sometimes use plant-based uh, for when I'm talking to somebody who I think will misunderstand the word vegan. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and when yeah. instead of saying like, I am a vegan, it's like, I am trying to follow a vegan diet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. right? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's what I put, what I put into my body isn't who I am. Yeah. But yeah it can reflect your moral so yeah it's interesting when like because he's defining veganism as like an ethical stance against something whereas mm. veganism has been used as a way for to, to perpetuate something that you actually doing to yourself which is another form of harm and i think like with that whole like intersection between like criticism of, of you and this messy vegan thing it's it's also like because people were talking to me about how they were worried about using plastic when it came to like um tests for covid and stuff and i was like so hold on the whole point of saving the freaking planet is to make sure that humans are okay and that we live so if there's stuff where it's like life or death and it's stuff stuff about your health and it's stuff about whether you die like do you know what i mean like that's the whole point like if we can't live there's no point so i feel like with that as well it's really important to recognize that when people are trying to recover from something like that there there is like an ultimate like why are we doing this to protect human lives to protect Mm. life on earth like then to criticize you for that yeah i don't know it's it's so yeah. messy isn't but it? it's it, it is so it's such a messy conversation because i don't know like while i was reading the book i felt very much like thinking back on my past self i was very much like i was going about this like i was the sun and everything else revolved around me and i, and I was like mm-hmm. how i feel matters the most and how i you know you know and there ha- but i've just realized like even in my recovery now there has to be a way for me to not contribute to this horrible, horrible thing and and for me to still be recovered. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, now that I'm this far along, but it also brought up a lot of, um, he, he brings all this stuff up as well, but you know, it brought up a lot for me about, you know, the role of the people in power and, and also just like, he, he referenced it, but they're, they're figuring out how to, like grow meat in a lab so like animals wouldn't have to yeah. be harmed and and things like that so it, it is m- like so much about um our act our our culture around food changing in a way that you're not like no one is feeling left out by not having this or no one is having these um you know the, the way he, he he was he talks a lot about um stuff like masculinity and the, the advertising around me and and mm. th- it's just so ingrained in people like yeah that you know to eat meat that just it carries so much that it's yeah. just nof- nothing and I, to do I with. feel like the internet is this really messy place where it's like everyone's aware that there is a like a structured culture and to be like to to to, to be a subculture or to like do the opposite of what other people are doing is exciting but mm. there, there is so much nuance there and i think you know with me saying like oh i'd kill an animal with my bare hands i think there was almost an element of like not like other girls like tomboy thing where i was like yeah I'm hard that wouldn't scare me i'm not a pussy you know like it's one of, and like there's something weird there as well it's, it's that thing of just like everybody's trying to prove that they're whereas like the 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 essence of like veganism or the stance that a lot of vegans take is like is compassion it's like being nice like making sure you're causing as little harm as possible whether that's physical harm or mental harm and Mm. i think with that when people bully each other into veganism and stuff it can really like contradict the message i think i think a little bit yeah it's like that the the way a lot of people say oh well if there was a child and a dog and there was a truck coming for them you'd save the child you know we matter more and his argument is that you know we shouldn't base our morality on what wild animals do to each other we shouldn't base our 
like you can yeah you can save the child first and also not want to kill a dog you know yeah. I mean? not one to call, we're not in those extreme situations all the time yeah. in the same way if it's like if you had to save your child or somebody else's child you'd probably yeah. save your own child but given the choice you wouldn't go out and like do you know what i mean Eat hit the, the other, other child, child. <laughs> yeah, just slap the other child you know that's so that's such a weird <laughs> argument that doesn't doesn't quite mm. add up um so yeah did you um had you seen ed's work before on the internet like previously because i it was interesting Never. that i've watched him quite a lot and, and what's interesting about his work is that it's not aimed at me like a lot of his youtube channel is very much that kind of like oxbridge debate me style thing he goes into universities and he'll put like a table out and he'll be like tell me why you're not vegan yeah. <laughs> and, then, and it's actually quite useful because he's he's slowly over time mastered this really like non-confrontational way of doing it but it's definitely mm. aimed at people who want to have a confrontation and he kind of like brings them in and then is like let's all calm it <laughs> and he's it's very chill yeah, yeah i looked him up after the guy. book and he oh he has the most beautiful skin as well i was just like oh my <laughs> goodness but he uh yeah he He's really, he's so well spoken on it, and he's he really, really is well researched. Like he's very capable at like debating anyone. It's mm. fascinating. Like I've not seen anyone kind of be as level headed about it as well as as him. Like people can get very passionate in the same way when you're if you have someone who's pro choice and and um, pro life and pro life uh, <laughs> yeah. together debating. Um, you know, it gets so heated so quick because mm-hmm. if you're pro-life, you're literally like, you're killing babies. Like you're killing actual babies. And the way mm-hmm. they view that is just, it, it, it's very hard for each of those mindsets to like understand each other. So like those conversations get just, they just run away and yeah. become, and it's the same with veganism, but he, yeah, he's, and so like reading this book, I, I kind of, if you're vegan, it's, it's just, amazing to have all this information it's so well researched like he it was so thoroughly planned like er, unreal unreal Mm. job he did with it and I think it's it's good because it's quite impartial and I think like what's Mm. important about when you have these conversations is finding out people's stories because like with the pro-life pro-choice thing probably most people on either side have a story that they feel really strongly about that's that swayed them in one direction or the other and it's the same with like veganism it's like you need to know people's backstories before you talk to them you need to know why they think the way they do um Mm. but having that kind of like hard facts on the page was really useful and there is a section at the end as well about how to talk to people about it and he's very honest that he's like actually (laughs) i have failed to persuade any of my family to become vegan and i rarely have conversations with them about it because i find it mortifying (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean so it's quite nice to hear that as well that I was like oh Ed, like Ed the, the the king of like debate me it like still can't talk to his own family about it which yeah. I thought was really interesting yeah and he even though was saying as well like he he didn't go to like a family event because he knew that they'd all be eating animal products and stuff and about how like when you're vegan um it, it that's what it comes down to a lot of the time it's like do I just want to ignore my feelings and just kind of sit there and go along with this and smile along with it or do I stand up for what I believe in but then everyone calls me a militant vegan and everyone acts like oh you're so over the top and you're being so dramatic but he's like but you know explaining what is happening to these things on your plate and yeah it's it's just the whole book is it just blew my brain yeah and it's so much of it that's like I think that the culture is moving more towards veganism. And sometimes when people ask me why I'm trying to like cut out meat and dairy products and stuff is that I'm like, 
I think this is the way the world is going. So I'd like to mm. adjust early because I don't want to shock later. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, just yeah. like, this is probably how it's going to go. But being somebody who's doing it early some, sometimes can be hard. And I don't really even consider myself somebody who's done it early. Like, but I, it sounds like he was. And I think like having those, having those kind of conversations where you look like you're overreacting, it's been the same with feminism when, you know, one, like yeah. one girl can be like, that guy felt me up at a party and everyone else is like, don't ruin the party. That's <laughs> 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 not... Yeah. It was only one grope. Like that there's so many like instances in history where you can look back at that and be like Oh, oh yeah. you all the often the people who are leading the way are the people that look like they were overreacting at the beginning. Yeah. It's and, very easy to picture a future where we're looking back at um, you know, factory farming as just this devastating, embarrassing, awful point of human history, but we're still so not there. Yeah. Um and, you know, I, I brought up some of the arguments to my dad from the book and he was just very much like, no, yeah. that... Because even he was shocked that the book was actually in promotion of veganism based on the title. He took it literally when I told oh, him right. what I was reading. Like, uh, it's vegan propaganda. He was like, oh, so yeah, it's about all the, all the vegan propaganda. I was like, no, dad. <laughs> no, no. 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 <laughs> but you should have just told him it was and then just let him read it. <laughs> I'd be like, yep, there you go. It's going to prove all your assumptions, right? Yeah. Eat it up. <laughs> um was it what you expected or do you like were you surprised because for me I think like it was very very factual and like I think some of the books that I've read around this topic have been a bit more like like about the emotions and mm. and like societal stuff but for like there was this huge section in the middle that I wasn't expect well I was expecting it like be silly for me not to expect it but we were both talking about how there is a very long, horrific chapter or two that is oh, just describing God. what happens. And like, he does make the point that he's like, you can skip these chapters. Obviously the like chickens and, and hens and, and like pigs don't get to skip it. So like maybe listen, yeah. but then it is really, really hard to, to, um, to hear. So yeah, was there anything that was unexpected for you? You know, when I sent you that picture of me crying, yeah, that was me. <laughs> for most of the book. I know. But the, the whole section about, um, he's just very like deadpan, listing off all this stuff about, like it, like describing, you know, how they impregnate the animals and, and, and like just different things that they do. I don't want to like say too much because it, yeah. I know it's a lot and I know some people are watching this video because they really don't want to read the book. But, um, you know, and he, yeah, he's going into like really, really, um, like graphic detail about some stuff and I, it, a lot of it really genuinely shocked me and I obviously we know oh animals are killed so we can eat them but like my brain never goes past that and my brain it's like it just won't allow and I've, I've often thought like is that apathy is that that I just don't care or like what like what is that I still don't understand that I don't in, because if it was you know your pet and and anyone came and did that to your pet in your garden <laughs> like any of the things that they do routinely on farms and in factory farms like it would just you know you'd probably go to the police <laughs> it's definitely. just happening every second of the day and um and I do think a lot of this stuff as well like you don't know it because of the the advertising um done with the meat and dairy industries and like he he does explain as well how like a lot of the people who are linked in with the the food guidelines are very much like kind of they're all hand in hand and it's all you know a big circle jerk but uh yeah. 
it 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 just gobsmacked me a lot of it and I think I wasn't expecting that I wasn't expecting him to be just so because it made it all it made it a lot more chilling Mm -hmm. the fact that he was just reading off like this is what happens um without without his opinions really thrown in it was just like Oh, it was really yeah, difficult. and I think that's a good decision from him just to step back and not to. Ch- I mean, we were listening to the audiobook, so there were points yeah. where you could hear in his voice that he was like, "Yep," and then they do that, and this is their argument for it, and you can tell yeah. that he does have an opinion about it, but it is quite just like cold hard facts, which I mm. I think is probably what's necessary. The yeah. part that was really interesting for me, um, which I I know that the 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 animals alone should be the reason to not do it but the human impact i think could bring some people around to see what it is because i think the pandemic bit the bit about the viruses as well yeah the the link between viruses and like how because we give animals so much antibiotics and then we eat the animals Mm. we're actually losing our ability to react to antibiotics which could be like a real planet ending issue if we keep doing it but also this thing about like employees in slaughterhouses so a lot of the time we'll like you know we'll abstain from shopping at primark or we'll like not buy nestle products because we're like they're not nice to humans but like with employees in slaughterhouses they're often prevented from having toilet breaks there are some subjected to physical violence they're generally purposely built in low income areas because nobody would want to work in a slaughterhouse unless unless they had to so that was really horrible there was even a part Mm. about how they've blocked off the exits so that workers can't leave so they have to do overtime stuff like that that was just like and I think yeah. I wrote down some stats as well. It's like um, people who worked in slaughterhouses scored 70% higher than average on anxiety, 76% higher for depression. Poultry workers, 80% higher for depression, obsessive symptoms. Like people are dealing with this thing, PTSD, but also this thing that I hadn't heard of called predator-induced traumatic syndrome, which is wow. the mental health problems you come up against when you inflict harm on others. And it's the same with, it is with humans or animals. So that was just like... Oh, I don't even know how to make a joke about that at the end. I feel like... like I know, I know. I'm like, uh... That's perfect. We're supposed to be being entertaining, but it's just very difficult <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> Write a limerick about it. There was a young man from a slaughter... No. <laughs> but but like, there's also... Re- there's really interesting stuff as well. Just like, you know, when he talks about... So one of the arguments, and I've I've regurgitated this before because I was told it from someone who had like a master's in nutrition about, mm-hmm. you know, our brain's only became the size they are because we ate meat and stuff like that and he talks about potatoes being like a big factor in that and stuff and it it reminded me of so my husband and I like a couple of years ago or well before pre-covid we went to the famine museum a very romantic date in Ireland (laughs) you really know how to turn up the sauce yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh I was pure wet leaving it Lena um, but basically it was uh, yeah it, there was a poster or not like a poster but like a plaque thing and it was it was from the perspective of someone who like visited Ireland back then and they were commenting on the glowing healthy appearance of Irish people of all of the like the poor Irish people and they were saying just going on about how like stunning their like their skin and their they looked so luscious and healthy and all they ate was what was it like basically potatoes was 95 percent of what they had to eat and uh yeah it just it made me think of that and mm. like my my husband proudly uh has said many's the time like he has grown up on waffles like bird's eye potato waffles just eats them non-stop and he, he he eats potatoes more than any other food and he's so healthy it's ridiculous and he's so strong glowing skin oh my goodness yeah 
It's a joke. Um, actually, I'd love to know where do you stand on, say if you have your own chickens and you eat their eggs. Like... I would, but it sounds like if you got a chicken that wasn't bred in the way that we've forced them to be bred, I wouldn't get mm. that many eggs. So the thing about the chickens that we like yeah. you can buy in a supermarket is they've been bred to artificially make that many eggs. Whereas it yeah. sounds like from this book that they probably give me about four eggs a year, which I wouldn't complain about. But yeah. it would be a big big hobby investment to get four eggs a year so i think i would if yeah. it was a chicken that wasn't like a wild chicken because we um, also the thing yeah. is like people talk about how it's like oh if we stop um eating dairy products and having animal stuff like these these people th- these people these species will become extinct <laughs> they are people though what is a person yeah. but, a, <laughs> but a soul in a body um like that but but the the thing with the kinds of animals that we keep in farms is that they're not like they are real but they're manufactured they're not really what wild car cows or wild chickens with so i think i would keep a wild a wild chicken chicken. or like an ungenetically modified chicken yeah and Uh, just really enjoy your four eggs just (laughs) four eggs a year it's gonna be like one cake and if you burn the cake then you're like we're fucked what a waste (laughs) gotta wait to q3 for another another egg so so i think i would and I, i i think i would probably would also like eat the body of an animal that had died naturally but then They've probably died of something you don't want yourself. So as, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like as somebody who's trying to like survive, I don't know if it'd be very <laughs> sensible. So I think there are like extreme cases where that, where that, or I'd probably be okay with it. Mm. But that said, I'm still like, I haven't completely got it out of my diet. Like I don't drink milk anymore and stuff like that. But it's, but for me, I still haven't got past that in and gone into the pastures of complete vegan. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting one to like, I'm, I'm, I feel like with veganism, I'm kind of the same, I'm at the same level with a lot of other things where I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I've made all these changes and I've, uh, but it, it's like, I justify like, oh, I'm doing this much. So therefore, you know, like I, mm. I always look at the, the decisions we have made, like we've an electric car, we used reusable nappies for ages and now we buy these ridiculously expensive nappies that are like (laughs) there's no plastic in them and stuff like that so there's loads of things like that but then you know in in other scenarios I'm just like if I'm buying something and it comes in plastic packaging I'm just like well it's up to the company to sort this out and not not necessarily me to just not have any of these nice little pleasures and I do have this battle in my brain all the time of like am I just being really selfish right now or you know, is it, is it bigger than me or, and should, should it be, should I relinquish some of this to like, you know, the people who can actually make a difference in, in, if, if it wasn't coming in plastic, I'd still be fucking buying it, you know, it's just that feeling. And I think there's a, there's a difference there between guilt and responsibility. Whereas like, Mm. I feel like sometimes we're encouraged to take on the guilt, which I don't accept, Mm. but I do expect, accept as much of the responsibility as I possibly can. Do you know what I mean? It's it's that thing of like, oh, which, and then also I think it's just like learning more, like this book really helped me like understand like loads of myths that I still thought were true even though I've read a few books on veganism now I was still like oh wow I didn't know that and like knowing what your impact is like sometimes it's like it actually does it matter where your food's traveled from or does it matter like what it's packaged in and like stuff like that was so interesting that aviation part like was so shocking to me I was I I couldn't wait to tell Thomas because he has bet himself up so much he 
he's a pilot and he's he his dream for years has been to be a pilot he spent so much money training to be a pilot and then once he got there he'd started he'd just started kind of really with his journey of like his impact on 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 the environment and all that kind of thing mm. and he was like got broke down one night so upset oh, like what am i doing what have i done like why did i get into this as a career and stuff and and then he'd be trying to like weigh up all of the things he'd be like right i'm going to try and he is so, you know, about having reusable bags and reusable water bottles and everything. Like he is, he is so, he d- d- makes his own compost. Like he, he, he does so many things, but then he's like going in and flying an airplane and people are like, you're a hypocrite, you're a hypocrite. And he just, it, it's really gotten to him. But then that part of the book shocked me so much about the percentage of like emissions that are Six percent. to, so yeah. It's six percent is the transportation is like is is the six percent is the total percentage of like the impact that your piece of food is having like is transport. What, what, what have I even said? Yeah, six, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Six percent of overall emissions from your mm. meat is 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 travel. It's where it's, it's come travel, from. Yeah. The rest of it is actually making the meat and feeding the animal. Because it's just mm. like say well, like with fish. So apparently for every 10 calories you get from a fish, you have to you have to feed that fish 100 calories. So the so, like it's all the calories that we actually put into to make the meat. Yeah, that um, was that was a big one mm. that I think my dad has used quite a bit. He's just been like, "Well, how are you supposed to feed 7 billion people if you just get rid of like dairy and and meat and like you know that kind of thing is answered in the book so like it's just a very very educational read in that regard Mm -hmm. um when you know you you might lie in bed thinking these things yourself and almost or or using these questions to like justify continuing to because that's what I've done so it it really really helped and I I want to buy a physical copy and highlight things because I forget I need constant reminders of this kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. It's, you need it's to write weird. them on little cards yeah, and then somebody like, t- tells you and you're like, hold on, I'll just get my notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's B2. Okay, here's my answer. <laughs> Drink water. Okay. I just, yeah. all of the things I need literally constantly shoved in my face. So yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah. I know what you mean, but I think it's hard when there's this expectation for you to have the same opinion for life and that changing mm. your opinion shows weakness. And I think that's like a job that we all have to do together is this like allowing people to become more emotionally intelligent so they're not as like married to their facts that they've grown up with and it's okay to like learn yeah because I remember at school being handed one of those little food wheels that was like this is how you eat a healthy diet and there was like a big bit for cheese and there was a big bit for meat and there was a big (laughs) bit for bread and like you know that that stuff goes in really at the back of your cortex or whatever Mm. like that's that's buried somewhere back here and trying to dig that out and like reckon with it is like hard because you kind of like when you see what you eat as your identity I think and then it's, that's... it's really, really hard as well when you've, you know, documented yourself online for a long time. You've said things. And if you say something in 2015, it's held up against you in 2022. It's like, you, this is what you think. This is what you said. Like, you can, and uh, it's like you, you, you do, you have to give people room to grow with this kind of stuff. And, and it just puts people off even wanting to make those positive decisions if you don't, like, just accept that, like, yeah, like, I, I may used to have said I need a cat but like if I've said if I'm changing my opinion on that now like if anyone is you should applaud it or encourage it rather than constantly like bringing up the other old stuff like that's why I was like I have to put this vegan video on private like I don't I don't want this to be um like if I do talk about making more 
decisions for uh, buying plant-based food and stuff like that I just the fact that anyone would use my old arguments against me is just like too much <laughs> do you do you like feel like because you've experienced um like this this world of eating disorders and, and that side of, of the internet as well do you have any advice for people who are like do want to read about the facts but are worried about it intersecting Triggering. with their own like mental space and that kind of thing is there anything because that's something that I haven't experienced in the same way you have and I'd love to hear what you'd say to those people so so I like my rule with all that kind of stuff was like until I genuinely feel like and some people say you're never fully recovered and like I don't know there might be an element of truth and truth in that but I feel when I say recovered like I don't think about my relationship with food all day and I just oh, I'm hungry now, I'm going to go and eat something. I didn't have that for so long, you know, that that feeling of like just an, an, what I'd consider a normal relationship with food. Um, so my rule was until I feel genuinely past this, um, I'm not going to um, like consume, f- allow myself to be consumed by food-related content anywhere so like books about food anything like that I actually even stopped like watching videos about food and stuff and I've recently stopped making videos about food because I I realized like what I find what I find contributing to the problem for someone someone else so I was going to make a video about that soon like people are always like why don't you make food diary friday anymore I loved that and I loved making it and a, a big part of it was to show eating you know, because a lot of the videos, the food diary videos on YouTube were like, here's my acai bowl. And, you know, they were all vegan and they were all eating just salad all day and and this kind of thing. And I, I, I was like, I, my, my diet doesn't look like that at all. And, and I just wanted to share that in case other people were also feeling very intimidated by, you know, what they were seeing. But um, I've realized in doing that what I was you know, I was still providing people something to compare their own diets with, whether or not, like, I didn't want them to compare, but mm. people people naturally do that, you know? We do naturally do that as much as you can be like, oh, please, just this is just what I eat, you know? But yeah. people are going to watch that and go, oh. Like, I, I was like, oh, maybe it'll give them meal ideas or maybe it will, you know, show a new restaurant and that kind of a thing. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know who's watching my content and I can't... I just yeah there's so much wrapped up in that but uh so yeah I I I just wouldn't um I I wouldn't make this an immediate priority until you work through that stuff because it can take it can it can take time but it is it is doable and then at least you're not like I've 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 definitely heard some people say that going vegan helped them with their eating disorder issues because you know every every meal was a vote for you know a change they wanted it wasn't to see about the them it was about other people yeah 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 so it like it, it really depends I think it depends on the motivation um mm. behind why you're looking into veganism and that's what I've realized is that like I think I am in a place in my life where I can entertain uh becoming becoming vegan or at least move const, con- consistently moving toward that because the motivation isn't uh cut out food groups cut out calories eat less it's like so different it's like um very much based on what ed talks about it's also it's also about moving towards something a bit cooler do you know what i mean it's yeah. kind of like instead of being like restrict take out 
delete. It's like mm. introduce, do more, like eat more food, but eat this. This this food's really exciting. Yeah. And like, look you know, at this. This is about cho- making food exciting again, not sad. soy milk. Oh, that's it's pass so, it through. It's it through. so good. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. Mm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and also I think what you said at the beginning was really interesting about like you kind of feeling like a cow. I mean, that's not what you said. <laughs> like you, you becoming like, I guess, I'm maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Like when you become like a mum, like you, you're kind of becoming like an animal in some ways or you're getting yeah. more in touch with that thing that's like, my arm, do I have boobs or do I have udders? And like, yeah, yeah. Oh and like my when gosh. you're not only like eating food, you're generating food for somebody else. Like that mm. must be a bit of a weird it's so it's so weird and like you know I have there are a couple of people in my life who regularly are like you know he's too big for that now and and commenting about me me breastfeeding and I'm like well if I stop breastfeeding him I have to start giving him cow milk from yeah because you know that's what the recommendations are that's what the guidelines are and why is that okay why is it okay that we we you know essentially rape cows and take their babies away and take their milk away and like you know package it up and give it to our young well like what why is it not normal that i'm i'm yeah. able to continue breastfeeding when that he in in societies where children are allowed to self-wean they typically self-wean like as toddlers and not like when they're when they're small babies and you know it's it's just but there's so much wrapped up in this though because like formula saves so many babies every year but formula is part of this this problem yeah and you know it's there's so much but then you don't want to like you know what i mean there's the, the the options i remember looking into um like options um like a plant-based formulas when um before I went into the hospital because I wanted to have one like on hand uh, like just in case mm. and just, just the options were just so even even in the health yeah. food shop the local health food shop I was like what so it, it had this like one of like this is some goat's milk and it was this happy looking goat on the thing and you just read the back and it's the same as what's in in the yeah, supermarket was... <laughs> you're waiting but... for the world to catch up with that one I think because again yeah. he, talk, he talks in the book about how it's like the loads of myths around parenting and veganism and he's like it's just not true I don't know what mm. to tell you just yeah but it's uh it, it it really it really knocked me for for six like when I was kind of picturing that because so my husband's uh parents live next to a farm and there's this farm around the back and sometimes you just hear this like mad mooing like and I'd be you know like why why are the cows being so loud and um they'd be like so this is when they they take the calves away and the 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 cat they'd be like oh they just they're quieting down <laughs> just I was lying in bed just I was like I'm never gonna sleep again I could just hear the cow just desperately looking for her calf yeah. and you know they run they literally will run after you know if they're if the calves are put up into a trailer they'll chase the it's just devastating like because I I I can cry just looking at my son just being like oh my god you're so perfect and amazing and like you know all animals I'm sure feel a scent that's amazing amazing sense of bonding when their their offspring is born and and just what we do to them every day it's just and it's weird because it's like people are like oh they're not human and it's like well what does it mean to be human does it mean like is is human intelligence because that's a bit ableist and weird (laughs) like (laughs) is 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 being human like caring for others and like being able to feel pain and and compassion and empathy because 
they feel when all you of think that. about animal rights you know the way pe- people talk about animal rights and they scoff and they roll their eyes and they're you know they're like as if animals are equal to us what do we let them vote and it's like well we don't let infants vote because <laughs> infants you know don't need yeah. to vote they don't care about voting obviously a chicken doesn't care about voting but obviously a chicken would rather not have their beak cut off like yeah. it's just that kind of thing Oh, it really, it's re. this book really genuinely got to me and I didn't think it would. I thought I was going to be the person to come on this podcast and be like, well, you know, this was my background and so that's why I feel this way. And I, I, I was like, oh, that might be a unique kind of uh, position for me to offer to this and we might debate a bit, but like, I just, I just couldn't cope. <laughs> yeah, we were like book. ready to joust and we're like, no, we're both ruined. <laughs> like we've been ruined. Because as well, it's really fucked with my idea of pets. And I've been thinking about this a bit, but he really went into it, this idea of like, actually, we do really care about pets. So a lot of people that would say like, it's just an animal, they don't feel anything, would literally die for their dog. (laughs) Do you know Mm. what I mean? And because there's no real difference between a dog and a pig, like apart from visuals, um, especially when it comes to intelligence and and personality and stuff, like he had this little paragraph that I did actually bother to type out from the audio book, which means that it was good because typing stuff out from an audio book is fucking- (laughs) Pain in the ass. Passage to, to- I don't even know, to Jerusalem. (laughs) Um, I realised that to gain my respect and my admiration, non-human animals need to offer me nothing in return. Yet for many of us in urban environments, the only animals we outwardly care about are the animals that have enriched our lives, such as dogs, which we have in our homes. A belief that they are worthy of moral consideration because they have formed a mutual relationship with us, which I was like, oh God. So like Mm. this kind of idea that we only care about our pets or we only care about dogs because they're nice and they're nice to us, isn't something that we do in the rest of our moral lives. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, I don't care about people from that country because like, I've heard that they're bad. Do you know what I mean? Like that's something that we, most of us hopefully strive to fight against. But this idea that like, because dogs like appeal to our sense of self and we feel like they're serving us, then we'll protect them. But mm. it's, it's a bit, that will sort of give me hope as well is because so many people care about pets. Mm. Like it's very easy. I think it's a really easy moral jump between like knowing that if you, somebody killed your dog, you'd be mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's a very, it's a very short cliff to jump, jump to the next lily pad what am i talking about you know what i mean like (laughs) i think it's interesting (laughs) what's going on describing a level in crash bandicoot right now (laughs) literally it's like you've just got one lily pad to go mate you're full-on vegan radicalized forever (laughs) but yeah i thought i thought i just think the whole concept of pets is is more complicated than i first thought and that's something Mm. i have to sit with (laughs) do you know what so one of the things you you um messaged me about was like was there something that stood out to me or something yeah. that would stay with me and um literally I I just I I've thought about this too many times like it made me so uncomfortable and it was where he talked about the practice of s- stuffing calves with hay to trick the cows into thinking that it was their baby so that they would basically like keep producing mm. milk like that that image like I basically like kind of rolled my like looked over this way and like just looked at my son and my brain immediately went there like oh if he was God. dead and someone stuffed stuff into him and was like here I'm you know keep lactating oh my god it's oh. like it literally even like even to I was joking about it to Thomas but like as I was joking about it my eyes were welling up like it it gave me such goosebumps because that's just so fucked like that's so beyond fucked 
that that's where we're at and like now every time I think every time I'm ever going to be like oh I'd love some ice cream I'm just going to think of that and I just will not you know I will not want it because it's 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 so it's just so gross like I just can't believe that kind of thing and I I really did buy into the kind of happy farms thing and especially because I'm in Ireland people would always be like oh our farms aren't like the the US farms and at the start of the book I was like oh please tell me he's not just going to keep quoting about like America because he did mm, mention yeah. stuff in America a lot and I was like oh please like you know because I, I need to like come at this from you know I, I just need to know more about like mm. the, the practices worldwide kind of thing but he does then like he goes yeah. into you know um, and he kind of s- explains how like it's pretty much the same everywhere and uh I think, yeah, but, you know, you drive through Ireland and, and you see the animals dotted on the fields and you're like, oh, look at them. And and it's just, uh, it's very easy to buy into that and the and the marketing, like, definitely really, like, I am such a sucker for good marketing. Like, it, it really did, has shaped a lot of my, my views and opinions. So, um, but that that image, man, like, yeah. I just Yeah, and I, I think this, this idea that people are like, oh, I source my meat from local farms, like, I'd be surprised how like the amount of people that said that to me versus the amount of people that would actually be able to do that statistically Mm. there's there's something weird going on there because as well like he was saying like we have this idealized idea of farms like um, Tesco has like their own brand of farm that isn't a real farm they've just made up a farm name (laughs) it's not a farm one of the things that I got as people came at me so hard for this before like um like commenters and it was it it wasn't like just haters, it was like constructive criticism, but like I had said in a vlog, um, it was like a Christmas food diary video or something, and I was like, My dad sourced this turkey from and it cause the farm that it came from was like written on the thing and it was a you know free range, blah blah blah. Yeah. And it was on the label. Um but like it was from essentially from Aldi or Little, like one of those places, but they'd packaged it to make it seems so and he my dad when I said like sourced I meant like my dad basically like went around all the shops and was looking for like the best yeah. most the most ethical option and I, I'm saying like that with these you know quote things because yeah. you know that was just that was the way I was thinking about it at the time but such bullshit like you I know, know. It's, and it's, but then it's as a consumer like how are you supposed to know that for yourself unless you read something mm. like this or you watch this video but like the, <laughs> the things as well like about free range so I always buy free range eggs because I'm like I'm just doing my bit <laughs> Yeah. Um, but like they were talking about how free range eggs, like it's kind of like another marketing ploy. Like free range means that they only live eight weeks longer than they would normally. Um, mm. They only need to have access to outdoor spaces for half their life, which needs to be about one square meter per bird. And they're killed in exactly the same way. Like there's nothing oh, it's more so humane depressing. about the way they die. It's not really like they live any longer and they don't really have that much access to the outside. It's not like they're like running so around awful. in the field, like exploring, making stories, <laughs> taking names. <laughs> Um, <laughs> living their best and I don't know as well like it's that thing of like oh like you could if you reared a child till the age of four and then killed them but were like we gave them a good life <laughs> it's kind of like never let me go it's like well they completed what can I do she was here for a fun time not for a long time yeah, exactly <laughs> she burnt bright yeah. <laughs> like it's it's you can laugh because it's so like it's what's so happening. Awful. Why are humans so absolutely batty? Who are, how have we survived this long? Who can say? Potatoes. <sighs> yeah, potatoes. It's potatoes for everything. Um, but yeah, um, 
I think there's one last thing I wanted to say. Oh yeah, so this thing about extremism as well, because I think one of the reasons I avoid, I avoided reading this book for a very long time. So glad you picked it because I kept seeing it in Waterstones and being like, not today, Ed, not today. (laughs) Um, Was because this like, I this worry that I will come across as like an extremist in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Like even now, like going out and eating with my friends and like asking for the vegan menu. Because like that's one of my rules is like when I eat out, I'm trying to eat vegan, yeah. uh, and um, you know, and trying to field those kind of questions. It's like weird because I don't want to come across like I feel something about their actions, even though I guess I must feel something about their actions because there is like, do you know what I mean? Like I can't just make decisions for myself. But then he had mm. this um this line in it. He said, "We see attempts at moral consistency as signs of extremism," and I was like, "Yes," because it's what I'm trying to do is be morally consistent because I already have all these beliefs around like how we should treat children and yeah. and and people that are more vulnerable than us and humans and, and, and animals that are more vulnerable than us. And I'm just trying to be consistent because I don't kill dogs <laughs> and I don't pay people to kill dogs. And I think it'd be weird if somebody killed a dog and served it to me. So I'm just trying to be consistent. <laughs> you know, I thought that was interesting. But do you think you'd ever like go, like, do you think, do you see in your future like ever saying like, I am a vegan? Or do you think that, it's more like you'll try and eat more like a, a plant-based diet and do you know you know I don't know do you have you, yeah. you ever scared about identifying as a vegan I'm very 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 scared of identifying as vegan because I I know the way I am if I slipped up I'm nervous of that triggering this kind of response in me of like because it, it but I've, I've thought that in so many other aspects of my life like I used to be very much like you know oh if I'm if I'm on this workout plan or I'm doing you know if I missed a week that I would be like oh sure it's all done now sure I don't need to do that ever again anymore nope I I just I'm a person who doesn't exercise but I don't I'm not like that with any other aspect of my life now like I'll be like if I don't exercise for two months I'm like well there's no reason I can't exercise today I have a free couple of hours like you know I I feel very um like I'm over that but then with this like it's because it's because veganism means so much it's not just plant-based it's like veganism is is a a way of life it's not just a thing you're doing that I'm I'd be so nervous of because for for example like I sometimes if I go to my mother-in-law's and like they have leftover stew say um and we've not like brought food was and they're like oh stay the night stay the night and uh and it's and it's a case of like will we order a takeaway or will we just, well, for, for me, like, I'll be like, will I eat the, the leftover stew that has, like, two pieces of beef in it? And I, I, I'm i kind of like, in, in those situations, I'm nervous about having all those things of, like, going to other people's houses and being like, no, sorry, I can't have any of this stuff that you've made for me. Or or, or being that person who has to have the special requests and, and, like, can you, you know, if you're going to stay with someone, like, can you make sure you have soy milk or, you know, things like that. But then... I feel like more more and more people are moving that way. Like he commented on how m- many more plant-based options are like as of 2020 in, in supermarkets. And I've noticed that when I go, like I can basically find anything in vegetarian or vegan, you know, form and it's, and it's nice and it's not like a crappy alternative. Um, so I, I really do, I would love to be vegan by the time I'm 40, 35, 40, but then I'm also I'm I'm nervous about ever actually saying that you know mm. like I think I think I would rather it be, but n- maybe. not a label I put on myself and not not like my my new like I'm the vegan YouTuber now like I don't want yeah. to just take that on. 
Yeah, I think there's a difference between practicing it in your life and becoming like an evangelical person who, t- you know, and it's okay to be yeah. either. I think we need yeah. both. Yeah, I'm hoping that it will be a thing where by the time I actually uh, make it to like 100% vegan diet, uh, it won't be weird and I won't even have to say anything because half the people will be and it'll be the meat eaters who have to come and be like, oh, do you mind if I bring my burger? Sorry, just coming out <laughs> as a meat eater. You know what I mean? Like I think that maybe we'll be able to be a little bit, like get away with it a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like cross that bit where it's not as weird. But um, I do, I've noticed, like I've had cheese like probably three times since I started this book and um I've noticed like myself doing that thing though where I just it's like I press a button and it's just cheese it's not from an animal and that's the thing that I'm really really struggling with and if anyone knows any books or any like anything that would help with that like it's almost like I feel like I'd need therapy to change that because it's such a, an automatic response it's like you know when you have like a trauma response to something and and it just happens even though you don't want it to happen like that's yeah. what my brain does it's like it, it immediately just turns the food item into a food item and that's it and takes away all of this stuff even when even now that I know it so that's where I'm yeah. gonna struggle big time it's so interesting though because I feel exactly the same and I think it's this weird ability that humans have and we have to do it like say if there's an emergency or a fire you don't a lot of people don't panic they're just like right this is what I'm doing I can't think about the fact that I'm in a fire I just have to do this yeah. you know and I think it's that thing that's like you don't want to get rid of that ability completely but it's a scary ability that we have and like it's kind of terrifying that that's you just like it's so oh. bad <laughs> yeah. but it helps you be more empathetic as well because you understand why other people have that you're like yeah. oh you're using that button in your head that I've got that I try not to press but you've pressed okay you know like you can kind <laughs> yeah. of understand um so I guess like final question is there anything like would you recommend this to somebody else and if so who would it be like anybody at all or would you say like this is for these people specifically I definitely wouldn't recommend it if you're in eating disorder recovery <laughs> I know that for sure I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been able for this years ago and I I think as well like if I think you have to have some level of openness to this lifestyle and to and to um it, it's just when when you're in that mindset where you're like very closed off to and you're like no no my way is the right way my way is the only way like when you're in that mindset it is it's just this stuff it doesn't penetrate um very well and you can kind of you might just start it and just turn it off and just not want to hear mm-hmm. it um but like if, if you ever find yourself, you know, thinking, oh, I, I, I'm going to buy a secondhand outfit instead of going to uh, any making those decisions in your life at all for the planet or um, I, I, I think like he didn't talk too much really about the health, I suppose, of, of it. Like he, he did say he felt healthier and, and it is he went through some of the science on like why it is it is healthier. Um, but I, I think all the other reasons are better you know, for, for going for this than, than like the health reason. Um, you know, he, he talks about like that it is possible to eat an unhealthy vegan diet as well. And that with, with like vitamin B12, like they give the B12 supplement to the animals and like everyone needs a B12 supplement. And protein supplements as well. It's like, what? (laughs) I know. So it's just like a, a lot, yeah, a lot of those arguments are like, debunked so well in this book but yeah like I think all of the other like the the impact on the environment and the impact on other people as you were talking about earlier um the people who are like in 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 the in these industries um those reasons I don't know like they they definitely um 
even even above the animal welfare like i think the, those reasons like you, so you could you could read it and read some of it and still like let that absorb but um yeah i, I just i i know i know for sure that there's a lot of people if i recommended this they wouldn't read it i, I yeah. know for sure because they're not ready or or because they're uh they're you know just you know dealing with their own issues and, and it's just yeah it's a lot to to re- listen to i think i'd recommend it for somebody who has a grasp on some of the arguments and wants to enact it in their own life but doesn't Mm. understand all of the arguments and doesn't understand how to counteract other people's like well actually this i think it's like a good handbook to you know it's got like every argument you could possibly have against veganism with some facts underneath it that are very well referenced and yeah researched. yeah so i think it's good to like have it on hand as like a kind of i read another book that was kind of similar called how to go vegan that was by veganuary who run veganuary and that has very similar facts and i think some of them were coming up again for me so i think like there's stuff like that you can read without it being this book but i think it's good to have that like basic understanding of why you're doing it because mm just like ready to draw them people ask like yeah. facts <laughs> you know so yeah and i think also like it's good because it's very straightforward and factual but if that's something that you struggle with like you might want to go for something a bit more emotive first like we are the weather or something if you need like the kind of emotional stuff before you get into the like the percentages then yeah it depends it, on your personality i think because it's quite it's like a school thing. book almost yeah it is it was it was very very there was so much to take in and mm. in for that reason i was kind of like annoyed that i wasn't reading the physical book because i really wanted to have like all my sticky tabs on the go um, and yeah. but yeah i was just like had the notes app open on my phone i was like, <laughs> like furiously yeah, yeah. typing like oh god there's yeah but i think i definitely like even if you don't read the book i'd recommend like ed's videos because i think they can be a really interesting study in like how to have a productive argument as well like this very good like psychological stuff that he that he opens up to and stuff i don't know it's 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 really interesting to see him debate people um it's not something that i'd be interested in, in doing myself i'd like i can't imagine like going to a university campus and like setting up a little table and been like let's go <laughs> oh, God, like, it takes a certain die. kind of person doesn't it <laughs> anyway thank you so much for reading this book with me thank you yeah i think this like the the fact that i feel like well i hated you at first i was like why am i doing this but now (laughs) i feel like this genuinely i think it's like it's it was like the spark under my bum that i needed and i think Mm -hmm. it's 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 the almost like final nail in the coffin that i've been like it, it this has been a bit of a process for me and this is like the last you know it, it, it was a big deal for me and I am going to force my husband to uh to read it so that maybe he will attempt all this with me because I do think um you know Ed talks about that in the video like it, it it's difficult when other people around you and your family like aren't living the same lifestyle and I think if we were like a household where we all of our shopping was you know we were both having the same meals and all that kind of mm. stuff it would just make things so much easier so that's another thing like yeah if you can have like a vegan buddy or a vegan family member um to kind of like like latch on to and just yeah. you know be like what do you cook and how like what yeah. do you how what, whack it on on a long car journey and just force them yeah. to like yeah yes. okay <laughs> um, i think for me it's like when i like worried about changing certain aspects of my life to try and align it with my values i've worried that it's gonna be really stressful 
Mm. And it has been in some ways, but I think in a lot of other ways, it's actually been really relaxing because I feel like on some level, when you know that that stuff is happening, it does affect you subconsciously. And like when I used to walk past butcher shops where they like hang up the cows, yeah. I'd always be like, oh, trauma <laughs> moment. Oh, push it down. Keep walking. <laughs> you know, like, and I, I think that was, a, there's lots of stuff that there's part of my life that I just hadn't reckoned with. And it was mm. secretly stressing me out. And to, to sort that out and to live in a way that's a bit more like logical. It's not even like, oh, I'm so holy and then thou like, great, cleansed my aura. It's so much better than you. It's more just like, this is a more logical way to live. This makes more sense. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it is, for me, it's actually like, I wouldn't, maybe not relaxing is a strong word, but it's made me a little bit calmer and more like, I just feel like it's my- It's such a good point. It's such mm. a good point. Cause yeah, that, that must build up in us somewhere. And just like, I remember someone saying about like the, the um the stress and that anxiety in the animals and like that somehow that passing to you and stuff like that like there's something to be said about that and um, before I go I will just say that one of the protagonists of this book <gasps> is vegan and yes. uh, she she was vegan very much like <laughs> but she's so vegan that she's like she doesn't even want to put her very unwell cat down because she's like you know you don't put oh, no. old people down when they get sick and frail and uh, so she's like hardcore that way oh, wow. <laughs> fascinating <laughs> but um this was a really good conversation i'm i'm so excited to read it and i bloody loved your first book as you know i'm a massive fan so i can't wait to oh read you it. were really so good. sweet about that you're such a legend and this yeah this was a great conversation i love this series and um Everyone better give you a thumbs up and chat to us down below about all this and where you're at with it. Yeah, I love it. You're like doing it for me. You're like, subscribe, <laughs> hit, smash that like button. <laughs> give up me. I'm like, yes. <laughs> go, go, go. This is the real professional at work here, people. <laughs> so it's done. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me and do check out Melanie's videos if you haven't, which I'd be surprised if you had. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching everybody and there's more videos from this series here if you want to watch it. And this video is made possible by the Gumption Club who tip me per video to make sure these videos keep happening. Frogs log out. <laughs> <laughs>